Welcome to Hello from the Pluriverse, a podcast about sharing the stories of designers and design thinkers from different backgrounds around the world. I'm Leslie-Anne Noel, a designer from Trinidad and Tobago and a professor of practice at Tulane University in New Orleans. The name of our podcast is a reference to Designs for the Pluriverse by Arturo Escobar. In our podcast, we explore the stories of designers from many different countries, women designers, designers of color, and designers from the LGBTQI community. In our interviews, we explore how place and identity affect their work, what they say about design, design thinking, and social innovation, and what advice they would give to non-designers who are using design methods. We'll continue to share more stories throughout the series about designers from many different worlds, from our little corner of the world, at the Phyllis M. Taylor Center for Social Innovation and Design Thinking at Tulane University in New Orleans. Welcome to the Hello from the Pluriverse podcast. My name is Max Esperance. I'm a one-year uh, Master's of, of Business Analytics student here at Tulane University. I am also a design thinking graduate assistant working at the Phyllis M. Taylor Center for Social Innovation and Design Thinking. Uh, and for my future, I plan to be a business intelligence analyst and work my way up the corporate ranks at a, a major company. I'm also interested in real estate, art, and sculpture. I was born in the island of Haiti, and I have a military background because of my father. Here with me today is Natalie Hudanik, who will be joining me on this wonderful discussion we're going to have about uh, Tanya Marie and her thoughts on design thinking. Uh, Natalie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? All righty. Would you be kind to give us a quick introduction about yourself? Yeah. So, hi, my name is Natalie Tudnick. I'm in my second year in the Master of Public Health and Maternal and Child Health program here at Tulane's School of Public Health and Tropical Medicine. And I'm also a design thinking graduate assistant working at the Taylor Center. I hope to one day soon work in public health at a state health department, hopefully working in a maternal and child health division. And I'm originally from outside St. Louis, Missouri, and I have a bachelor's degree in cultural anthropology. Well, glad we're glad to have you, Natalie. So today we are going to be listening to an interview with Tanya Marie williams Rule, an independent designer and brand consultant and the executive designer of Designer Island, which is an online publication curating contemporary Caribbean culture. Born and raised in Trinidad and Tobago, Tanya Marie's identity is not only rooted in her upbringing in the Caribbean, but also the work she does to explore the Caribbean aesthetic and expand it past the limited definitions it has been given. She seeks to expand and explore the diversity of Caribbean creators through her work. To Tanya Marie, design is so much more than design for the project and the need. It is about communicating and listening. This is what makes uh, your project so much more impactful. Well, this interview was originally recorded in fall 2019. Natalie and I are here today to hear what Tanya has to say about her approach to design thinking. After the recording, we'll be here to discuss our thoughts and what we learned and hopefully spark some conversation for our listeners. Personally, I'm looking forward to hearing Tanya's thoughts on the concept of uh, the Caribbean aesthetic and how this comes uh, and how this aesthetic comes with deep pride and dispute among Caribbean countries. Um, Why this interests me so much is because I am from Haiti, which is a, a Caribbean country as well. 
Uh, Natalie, what would you say you were looking forward to about this interview? I think I'm really looking forward to hearing more about Tanya Marie's projects and how she uses designs to explore and expand, uh, like you said, the Caribbean aesthetic. I think Tanya may give some guidance as how to use design to best make sure that everyone's experience and story is given a platform. And this could potentially, for me specifically, be beneficial of program design and planning within public health. Well, thanks, Natalie. Let's have a listen. For the last five years, I've been working for myself, doing mainly branding and graphic design, and also um, producing uh, my web the website um, designisland.com. Gotcha. Where I'm okay. interviewing various creators. Uh, I started that while I started while I'm in about my last year working for um, the agency because mainly because I was getting really frustrated there, uh, and also just kind of wanting to meet other Caribbean. It was mainly to meet other Caribbean creatives and just find out their opinion on the Caribbean aesthetic and what does that mean being a designer from the Caribbean, just out of my own curiosity. Um, mm. There was sort of as a blog spot blog, which might still exist. Sadly, I really should get rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> and then it eventually moved over to the we um, purchasing the domain. And now that I work with a couple um, other designers, writers, photographers to produce it. I had no idea what being a designer meant um, when I stumbled across being a graphic designer. I was actually at sixth form um, and my my aunt had this friend who was working in McCann Harris in Trinidad and my mom was like, well, my aunt suggested that I go for um, the July, August slash summer vacation and see and I literally had no idea what it was. I never thought about advertising, never thought about design, graphic anything like that. I was doing a random selection of subjects for A-levels. I was doing um, geography, art, um, and sociology, um, then general paper. Um, so no clear direction, clearly. Even the names of some of these things have changed now in the last five years. Gotcha. So you do one set of exams after five years of high school, mm. um, and then you do, after two years of sixth form, you do A-levels, ah. and then you go on to college or university. Okay. So at A levels, you can do anywhere between three to five subjects. Like you're supposed, it's supposed to be kind of narrowing on what you might want to do when you go to college. Or mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and that's why I said I clearly had no idea with geography, sociology, and art. Right. Um, <laughs> and at that time, I was picking art because, oh, let me pick something easy, basically, was mm. what it was in my head. And it wasn't even thinking about art as something that you could follow up as a career. I always right. loved it, but I've never uh, been. There was nothing around me that said art was something you could you mm. was a direction you could go in. Um, it was just I I liked it, um, so I I did apply to do visual art, study visual arts a degree in UE at the time while I was doing A levels, and while waiting for um, I guess the approval for that. During that vacation, that summer vacation, my is when my aunt introduced me to this whole McCann Harrison thing, and I went, 
And it was really, honestly, a terrible introduction to what graffiti design is because I didn't really learn anything. I sat next to this graffiti designer in what I thought was, at the time, was the coolest place ever uh, with all these creative people and um, Caribbean creative people. And it looked to me at the time that you could draw on a computer all day and get paid, a regular Mm -hmm. paycheck. That was my idea. (laughs) I was like, what? I didn't know you could do this. So I can't make art career. This is how we get it done. So then I applied to John Donaldson Technical Institute, um, Hostep, and applied for the visual communication um, degree. Um, and then realized that that drawing on a computer all day is not what graphic design is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. So that's how I ended, I stumbled upon graphic design. Gotcha. And since uh, obviously understanding what it is and no, then the love of the career came in. Gotcha. So it found me. Gotcha. Okay. It found me. I think I went to a talk at UE, um, University of the West Indies, and mm-hmm. one of the speakers kept talking about Caribbean aesthetic, Caribbean aesthetic. And I realized I never really thought about it. I was designing and I was from the Caribbean and I lived in the Caribbean. This is all. This is my life. This is where I am. But mm-hmm. I didn't think about design as Caribbean design. Um, in my experience, however, working in advertising, whenever somebody, whenever the client or your boss at the time, who in one of my earlier advertising careers, he's who is English and he'd been he married a trainee, so he started his agency here. When they said. Caribbean or wanting something Caribbean is instantly interpreted as a hand textured, a hand fonts, some coconut trees and these, mm-hmm. a rough textured something colorful, you know. And so hearing Caribbean aesthetic was like, awful. It interpreted as something awful in my mind. Mm-hmm. So when I went to that talk in UE and, and the like, the speaker kept bringing it up, I was like, okay, what is this Caribbean aesthetic thing? And like I said, because I was coming from a place of hearing that and being totally disgusted because of what I knew people meant when they said it, but also realizing that that can't be Caribbean aesthetic because I am the Caribbean. I live here my whole life. I am mm-hmm. a designer. That's not what it interprets as to me. And it just it just happens to be where I'm from. Um, so when I started asking questions, you know, what criminal aesthetic meant to other designers and in the beginning it was just co-workers bosses um creative directors ex-creative directors um brands i realized that they shared the opinion in the sense that they're from trinidad um or they were from jamaica so that's where they live and where they're from but this idea that the criminal aesthetic looks like one thing was clearly not a real thing mm. um so i guess for me personally when i think about working as a designer and being for the caribbean to start off no matter what a design project or job is it's about whatever the job is so whether it's a restaurant a hotel or a friend's baking local you know it's about designing for that project and that need um, and communicating those ideas but I would be lying if I said that 
the place and the environment that we exist in didn't inform the design as well, mm. which is why at the end of the day, my portfolio overall does have a bright, colorful feel. You know, mm -hmm. it's we're not designing where I'm not, I'm not in Denmark, for example, and they're not operating there, so it's not that aesthetic. So we definitely have an aesthetic, but I think it's a lot more developed. It's developing aesthetic. Um, and it is for me very often bright and colorful and rich, but sometimes it's black and white as well. Because when I think about designing brand identity for Mailing, who's a local fashion designer here, the entire aesthetic is structure and black and white, mm -hmm. and less is more is her logo. So sometimes it does, it is black, but at the same time, her branding also comprised of. Um, using photography of a banana leaf and a white lily, but all of these are photographed in black and white, mm. you know. Um, so there, there are curving elements in nature because she's very fond of nature and it informs a lot of work. but it doesn't always mean that because it's informed by the Caribbean and our environment that it's going to be colorful and involve a coconut tree. Gotcha. But even if I do one or two designs in the coconut tree, there's so many various ways that you can implement that and design and be inspired by those curving elements. Mm. Um, as far as design thinking and, well, the degree, um, what I realized, when I went into it, what I thought it was and what it ended up being was kind of different. I can't remember what I thought it was, however. I just know that by the end of it, it, it was completely different. Um, but what I learned in studying degree and going through the whole program was that I was in, with my first takeaway was, oh, I've been doing this all the time as a mm. designer. There's just now all these, this description and words and, and, and you said, as you said, you know, empathy and iteration and um, research, et cetera. And like, those are the things we are already doing as a designer, you know, interviewing the clients um doing research asking client questions um doing research on the customers and the communication and where it's going to operate um and then coming back again to the design coming back to the, the client coming back to the questions of what is this piece of communication or brand identity or magazine or book etc who is it for what is it supposed to communicate? You know, I realized that without knowing all the type, all the, the wording, um, and knowing exactly what design thinking was, I was already doing it, which mm. was interesting. But I guess that's kind of what it is. It's applying the way a designer already thinks to me to everything, um, because and 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 in that it was interesting because to me I was thinking. Well, wouldn't that be what everybody does anyway? It, whether you're a doctor or a scientist or somebody working in agriculture, it's about why am I planting these peas? You know, mm. who is the is there a market for it? Who is the market? Who is the customer, etc. So I'd never thought before going into that one that that wasn't the way everybody went about everything, and two that. I was already doing this. I just didn't know it was this. It wasn't formalized in mm. this way and thinking, and it wasn't taught in a way for everybody to know 
benefit from this process. Um, I also didn't, I was also always working as a designer, knowing that what I'm doing is for somebody and designing for people. Um, so at the end of the day, every, well, not at the end of the day, but at the beginning of the day, everything is for people. And that's where it starts and that's where it goes. And I never thought about that anyone in any industry was doing anything that doesn't end up for people and not thinking about people first mm. that, it, that it was for. So I think that was a main takeaway from the program. And it's also striking. It was good to have everything formalized and strike my ideas of not only why, why I was a graphic designer and how I worked, but also why I was doing, why I started Design Island. Hmm. Um, it's for Caribbean creatives to find some, to find different creatives. Well, we have, I've, we've interviewed a number of creatives throughout a couple other islands, but for the most part it's a lot of Trinidadians. Um, we want to do more regional um, interviews. But the reason for starting it, like I said, is because one started with the idea of trying to understand what a Caribbean aesthetic was, and then it expanded into just wanting to interview other Caribbean creators that were doing amazing work and mm. show that the idea of what comes from the Caribbean or what is Caribbean made doesn't doesn't mean it's a, a rock up in a banana leaf, or it doesn't mean it, it's less than anything because there are people doing amazing work right here um, at a global level um, so again that tied back to this whole the whole Caribbean creative entrepreneurship program and how I how something that I started as a blog on blog, a blog spot blog I realized oh there's, there's marriage in this there's a purpose to this there's people who need this content as well and are curious and, and want it and so it grew from that to me doing it myself to attracting other creatives to help me produce it. And I say attracting and help me produce because one, it's nobody's paid for the work that they do. Um, uh, unfortunately, it's not as easy to get sponsorship and et cetera for projects like that here. Um, but I would love, I'm still trying to figure out how to do that, mm. pay myself and them. Um, and attract as well because I've never said, hey, I'm looking for writers or photographers or something to help you because one, I didn't think anybody, I felt badly to ask anybody for that because I can't pay them. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been interesting that as time has gone on, people became attracted to it. So everybody who's been working on it came across it. So even I think only last year did I start putting out I guess ads that if you're interested um, in this space, but I make it very clear upfront that there's no money in this. Mm. It's entirely if you want to. Um, but so far, even with that, everybody that is working on it with me have not been people that have come by me asking. It's been people who come across the website on their own and want to be a part wow. of it. Um, which has been very motivating and right. really makes me spend the time to figure out, okay, how do I make this sustainable and, mm -hmm. and profitable eventually? My, my task to make that happen has stood on a little bit for the last two years of having babies back to back, but we'll get back to that. Um, 
I mean, like, I did not set out to be a designer thinking I would work for myself. That was kind of the whole appeal of of realizing mm-hmm. that there was this whole thing called graphic designer advertising agency. It was that I could go to work in a place every day and my mother would be sure that I would get a paycheck and not be a starving artist. Right. <laughs> so um, that was kind of the appeal. And then when I went in and I started working and advertising, it was very exciting in the beginning, but then I quickly realized that I mean, I think globally people complain about, designers complain about a lot of similar things. So I will complain about things and say it's very much because we're a developing nation still and uh, we're behind and so many in how a lot of stuff is done. But at the same time, I will hear, read on Twitter designer friends in the States who complain about some of the same things. But um, I just I found advertising industry here incredibly stifling. And um, one very one way, it was not about trying to do the best communication and do amazing work and, up, and just do amazing advertising mm. for people. It was a lot of doing the bare minimum and just get it done and get the paycheck. And, you know, people going to buy KFC anyway. So, you know, <laughs> um, so it quickly got very exhausting and monotonous and draining mm. um, until I came across um, a bug group, uh, which is the design and branding studio that I worked for for the majority of the time. And then I got, I finally got exposed to doing branding for, um, out for doing hotels across the region and, and doing really beautiful interesting projects and the first time i got to do work that was beautiful mm. you know um and interesting and 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 getting to and another thing to the advertising industry well everywhere but here is that it's all the account executives and the directors and everybody and then you get a piece of paper with what the the brief is and you mm. produce and it goes back through a parroting process to the client so it's not one-on-one um, you don't get to be a part of that process. So mm-hmm. until I went into branding in the design studio, which was much smaller as well, then then it, I'm finally put in a position where you're going to Dominica, for example, to with the strategists and you're both working and, and interviewing and asking questions and doing research in the space. And, it's, and so everything is actually informed by the place and the people that you're going to do communication for. Um, color palettes aren't something I'm just pulling out of my head or online. It's from taking pictures of the actual um, environments um, and the plants, etc. cetera. Um, so that was a dramatic change from working in advertising to working in branding and design and working with a team and a more collaborative process. All of these things that I took when I started Design Island mm. um, and working with people, with letting the writers do what they do, um, photographers, etc. And even when I'm doing some interviews for myself and writing, there's a lot more of a collaborative process that I know I definitely learned from working in that brand new studio and then strengthened and informed in a form- more formal way after doing the master's program. Um, and 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 how 
all of that and how collaboration just makes everything better once you get the right team and um, hiring or just connecting with the right people. Um, so that, that's been transition and change throughout. Um, as far as now working for myself, um, I don't have, I'm not going to a studio with a team of people anymore. So a lot of it is me meeting with the clients and talking and talking and doing interviews very often times just like this right. if it's not someone here because <laughs> what I found is that I may also set out to be a Caribbean the Caribbean designer but when it came to me getting work and projects from the diaspora what happened is that I would get I've gotten projects from a trainee or a Bayesian in New York who was looking for a designer for their um, gourmet patties business in New York and, and I'm thinking okay then why not just find any designer around there mm. but I want somebody with that Caribbean background but has the aesthetic and the design sensibilities that they they're probably associate more with um, the states or a more global I guess design aesthetic than what they would have seen looking at first glance of a lot of designers in the Caribbean so quickly, I got a, I started to get a number of projects based on that. They want a designer from the Caribbean. They want that connection, but they also wanted to have a very global appeal. And people came, people have clients who seek me out with that in mind. Uh, so by accident, I guess I've developed that Caribbean. I've been developing that Caribbean aesthetic. Um, and so, yeah, similar process and a lot of interviews, I do presentations online or I'm doing presentations in person when it's a client that's here. Uh, but all the experiences from advertising and working in a brand new studio and a lot of working and design on doing projects with Designer Island because it's all about doing interviews and then producing those interviews of geography has informed the way I design um, my design projects with clients very much so I've been surprised at how journalistic it is I guess mm. all my clients are designer all either Trini or Caribbean regional mm. or they've been diaspora you know um, I don't I've, I've not had a, a client that was American or European such a come to me mm. you know it's all been some form of diaspora, which is really interesting. And like you said, I don't expect, I would be very surprised if somebody from England who is British um, seeks me out because you have designers there looking. But it just comes back and goes to show that it doesn't really matter if this Trinidadian looking, doing a, a company here or a project here, or if it's somebody in the states um where the location comes into play is dependent on how it's relatable to the project mm. because like i said it was um beef parties jerk parties mm. well let me not say that because he actually does that client actually does a range of parties um from keel and callaloo and squash so it's kind of he took the idea of the jamaican beef party and and expanded upon it and has these gourmet parties. 
no matter where the project is or who it is, it's all about the person and the project and who it's for. Hmm. So there's no way I can do anything without a lot of conversation and a lot of talking to the clients and a lot of research. I always tell people that at first, I always, as soon as somebody gets in contact with me via email or whatever about a project, my first thing is always to meet with them. Whether I'm meeting them like this or I'm meeting them in person at a coffee shop here, I need to meet with you because the design process is so much about a relationship building because you're not going to get the information that you need without this process and taking right. notes, etc. and then researching. If this relationship doesn't work, then it's going to be, it's not going to work. It's not going to result in something beautiful and functional at the end. Mm -hmm. And it's also going to be a nightmare of a project. Right. <laughs> work through. Right. The thing that's been pushing me and driving me is not the individual design projects. Mm -hmm. It is Design Island. Not to say that I don't love every individual design project. I love every individual design project that I work um, but it can get very exhausting sometimes because design you're you're not making you're you're designing to kind of people while designer island it's mine mm. you know it's mine it's ours it's it's me doing this working producing for myself I'm I'm the judge of it at the end so I guess in that way I get to kind of work like an artist mm. quote unquote mm -hmm. um even though it serves a purpose, but it's a lot closer to my heart. As far as every the design and branding projects that I do, um, I can't single out a specific one because since I've been working on my own, I'm no longer in, in the position where an advertising agency where a project is coming on my lap and I might hate and I have to do it. Mm. Um, right. I'm deciding if I'm doing that project or not. Even if it's a project where Maybe I don't want to do it that much, but I have bills to pay with myself now. Right. <laughs> so I still need to do the project. It's I'm still not going to say yes to a project unless this is the right fit. Mm. Um, on every single occasion that I've picked a project that I don't really want to do or doesn't feel right, or that first meeting just doesn't fit, and I said, okay, I'm going to take it because you know they're paying me, it gets done, it's a job, it's always been a nightmare mm. um and 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 some cases that don't even reach the end it just doesn't work mm. so i always tell people like it has that first meeting like i said i need to have that first meeting is really important because it tells me if this is the right project for my i'm the, if it's the right project for me and if i'm the right designer for that project right but every single project Outside, every single project outside of that has been incredibly fulfilling. Whether it's working with Mailing, who's that same local fashion designer here, who is a joy to work for because I've admired her clothing and her work since I was a child. Mm. And my aunt used to take me to her boutique in a hotel um, when she used to have a store in a hotel here called K Park. So I grew up seeing her on a certain level. Um, so being able to work with her and becoming friends with her throughout the process and, and now has been definitely, I could say, one of those wonderful moments um, throughout design. Um, so that's the thing that I could say that one. And I also interviewed her for Design Island. 
But then, um, I don't know, when it comes to design projects, I usually, I tend to have a big blank, even if I just worked on something. I don't know what it is that I, I would like need to pull a screen up and see what are the projects that I've worked on. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> the project that is in my head at a moment tends to often be whatever I'm working on at the moment. Mm. <laughs> um, but while I'm doing the projects, I'm, I'm super, super into it. What I like about Grunge Party, which is the, the like I said, the beef and the kale, et cetera, right. parties, is that one, when something that I didn't think about until I was doing the, pro- the process with him is that he said, he was like, I was like, why do you want to write Caribbean patties? Is it, uh, why does that need to be in a communication? He's like, oh, because Americans think when they hear patties, they think of a burger. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I forgot about that. Because as a Caribbean person, a burger patty is not the first thing I think about. When I hear a patty, I think about the Jamaican patty. Oh, um, so without that conversation and interviewing and um with the clients and interview and learning about learning as much as I can about it, that would have been missed. Right. Um so that was interesting. And then the client himself is Bayesian. Um and for Caribbean people when you hear parties, Jamaican parties, it's something that's originated in Jamaica. Mm. So he had to get around that for himself when um, that he's not Jamaican, he's not Jamaican, and this is going to be insulting to Jamaicans. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, people feel when the Caribbean demographic in in Brooklyn come into this um, patty shop, um, do are they expected to be, see a Jamaican? Uh, do they feel any way about it being a Bayesian? So that was really interesting, and and also as far as we know, he's the first. It's a husband and wife team. Um, he's a chef. He was a personal chef. As far as, as far as I know, we know that he first to do gourmet patties. So you know, caring about the crust and all the ingredients that goes in and um, and the seasoning. And I didn't know that the yellow color that you get in an original Jamaican patty is usually that with food coloring. And mm-hmm. because he's doing a health healthier, better patty, he did got that yellow color from turmeric. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so it was all this stuff. It's always great for me when I get to learn so much. Great. From a project as well, like that food project, I got to learn a lot, which I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And and them taking this very simple food product that's um, indigenous to Jamaica and elevating it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and expanding on it so much more is about relationships than mm. you know you know it's you really everything you're doing like i said whether it's your designer or i was going to say doctor but that's a pretty obvious one mm. so a politician you're a nail technician you know you really have to sit and listen to your clients or customers so much so much um so much more than you think you already do I tell, I gave a short talk to a small a class in at UWE here, design, their design class, and I said, talked about a lot because when I was studying design, you have this idea that you're going to come out of school and sit on behind a computer and design, mm. you know, and you don't realize that there's so much people 
it's all about people. You can't avoid people. It's not about sitting down behind a computer. So whether you're being a designer or any other field, you always have to think about who you're making, creating, doing whatever for, and that relationship with people. The mother thing mm-hmm. has really been throwing me through. Right. <laughs> so because one, I did not, I, I, I did not think I could get pregnant. Oh. So I went from not being, not being sure I could get pregnant and then going to the doctor. And this is already last three years, mind mm-hmm. you. Going to the doctor to find out, oh, there are actually complications. It might be difficult to get pregnant. And then before that, I really hadn't thought about whether I wanted to be a mother or not. Right. I thought maybe it's a no until somebody tells you maybe you can't have. And then I started to wonder, well, what if I do want to? Mm. <laughs> and then fixing that thought and then suddenly being pregnant and then having another one the year after. That has been last four years mm-hmm. of going from not knowing if you want not knowing if you can have and then suddenly having two, two. <laughs> it's been a real crazy roller coaster and then how that's affected and like i said that's like the last three years and i've been working for myself for the last five mm. so it's been a whole lot all together so i went from trying to navigate this working for myself thing and thinking okay i might be getting the hang of this and just as I start to, it's like the universe says, here. Right, right. <laughs> so it's been crazy navigating life with a one-year-old and a three-month-old. Wow. Um, yeah. You're very <laughs> Luckily, am, yeah. being in a Caribbean means that you have this extension of family that's around. Mm. So I have my grandmother and, and aunt um, come help me during the day but it's still as much as they help and I'm grateful it's nowhere near the work that the time that I had and the work that I got to do is nowhere near mm-hmm. what what it is now it's literally just trying to find time every second and you think I'd like to sleep but if I sleep now while you're sleeping then I'm going to wake up and you'll be awake too mm. and we've just lost time to do stuff right Very <laughs> so much that's been wild Wow, what a great listen. Uh, Thank you to Tanya Marie for letting us speak to her and for sharing with us her uh, her thoughts. Well, Natalie, uh, what do you think was the most interesting thing that you picked up from uh, Tanya Marie and and her thoughts? I think one of the most interesting things that I picked up was her discussion on relationships and just building them to have a better outcome for your project um i think that really inspired me and how that just benefited her so much in any project she's done is that focus on building relationships and active listening well sounds good uh i i agree with you here hold uh heartedly natalie um Tanya Marie did speak a lot of building relationships and how actively listening can truly help you uh, get the best product to your client. Uh, you build relationships not only with people, but with the places and environment that surrounds you. This is truly relevant when uh, she speaks of that Caribbean aesthetic because that really involves building a relationship with and listening to the environment that's around her. 
and that helps her make it relevant to her work. She also says that no matter what her task is, there's no way that she could do her work without a, without a lot of conversation with her client. And if the relationship doesn't fit well with her client, sometimes she will deny the project and sometimes the project won't come out as good as she would hope. So the building relationships and uh, actively listening is one of the biggest things that I picked up from uh, hearing her speak as well. Uh, is there is there anything, you know, that would, that you said surprise you, anything that you didn't agree with or anything that inspired you? One thing that really surprised me was when Tanya talked about how she worked for an agency, she thought it was a nightmare. That some of the projects she was tasked to work on never finished. I just can't imagine not finishing something I was like told to work on. But also at the same time, uh, I think what she was talking about, I found so interesting is that your work can only be so successful and impactful if what you are doing is the best fit for you. Mm-hmm. That even though you're getting paid to do this work, if it is not something you're passionate about, it probably won't be the most successful it could be. Well, that sounds very insightful. The uh, the thing that inspired me the most is that, you know, she she's from the Caribbean, so that culture can be very suffocating and it can really weigh you down at times. I know this firsthand. So what inspired me from uh, hearing her speak is how when she was in school and when she's trying to figure out what she wanted to do with her life, a lot of people were telling her, she needs to find a major that will allow her to make money. She needs to, you know, be a doctor or lawyer or something, you know, something very traditional. And that comes with being part of that culture. So, you know, now that she's doing her work and what she loves, she didn't let the people telling her no to get into her head. And she made a great career for herself doing what she loves. So that truly inspires me because I know how suffocating that culture can be. And I know how a lot of people really will not support you if they don't think that you're doing the right thing or if you're not doing a thing that they want you to do, especially with the Caribbean parents as well. So it was very inspiring to see that she's doing what she loves and she didn't let anyone, you know, try to keep her down. She 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 was persevered and she she was very determined and she did what she wanted to do and what she wanted to she what she loved with her life. So that was very inspiring to me. Yeah, definitely it was. So how do you think place and identity have impacted her work? She references the Caribbean so much in mm-hmm. her work and a part of that. What do you think about that? So that's, that also relates to how, uh, you know, I don't want to say, how, it, it relates to how uh, determined the Caribbean culture can be. The Caribbean culture, if you're from there, it's a stamp, it's part of who you are, no matter what it is that you're doing. I don't think you will ever be able to let that go. And it also comes with with a lot of pressure. So through her work, she really tries to display the aesthetics of that area, especially in the Caribbean, because the people there are so in tune with their identity that it's very hard for for it not to to be present in in their work, especially in uh, Tanya's art. Uh, Caribbean art is also very colorful and it's beautiful, and it's thought-provoking. So having that be part of her work truly is uh, a great thing, especially if she's doing that work 
around the Caribbean area, because one one other thing about the Caribbean culture is that they're not very uh, accepting of other cultures as well. So, with with through her work, doing her projects, it 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 will make it a lot better for her clients and for her as well, if she does include the place and that culture within uh with what she's doing. So it, it it's very it's very amazing that she's able to replicate replicate the flair and the uh you know the beauty of that culture through her work yeah i completely agree i know the listening on that just her all her work about incorporating different designers from different areas in the caribbean to create that aesthetic yeah. to represent that everybody is different and the where where they come from is so different in the caribbean that it doesn't fit whatever stereotype that others have uh given the Caribbean, which I think is really, it's really awesome and really interesting what she's doing. And I just like that she's mentioned how important it is, like you talked about, including the environment and the location of where it is into her own specific projects Mm -hmm. to give it, like you said, its own flair. And I think that helps to, I think, reflect also the identity of the project itself and where it's located. So uh, final question uh, for you, Natalie. How does uh, her work resonate with your experiences, the work that you do in your discipline and public health, your identities and your communities? Well, when Tanya discusses her work and how her work in design emphasizes relationship building and listening to create the biggest impact, like we've talked about in this, is that those ideas can easily resonate and other into other aspects in public health. Uh, public health interventions are the most successful when there is community buy-in and that can only happen when the community needs and wants are actually met and to understand those needs and wants you have to actively listen to the community members and build relationships Mm -hmm. with them so that they have a part in solving the health problem it can never just be about what the public health practitioners want what you know health in, in in our country right now is one of the biggest topics of discussion so I, I i definitely understand what you're saying where you're coming from well um the only difference is uh my area what i uh, my field involves sitting in front of a computer to do most of your work because it is coding so i think that relationships matter in my field but i don't think it matters as much as it does in yours because let's say if public health officials don't have good uh, relationships with the, with the insurance companies, if doctors don't have good relationship, relationships with their patients, it can cause a lot of havoc uh, within our country, within our communities. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a data analyst. So a lot of my work involves sitting in front of a computer using a software to solve a business problem. The only time that uh, relationships is uh, really important in my field is, you know, working as a team to solve a business problem. And if if you you don't work particularly well within that team or you're not good at what you do, they can easily replace you. So I do think that uh, relationships matter, but not as much as it it does in some other fields, especially your your field public health so thank you thank you for sharing natalie it was uh great to have you on with us today i enjoyed speaking with you and hearing your thoughts and is there anything else that you you'd like to say 
I mean, I really enjoyed listening to Tanya and just really talking with you about her projects and everything. So thank you for having me. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this interview from our Hello from the Pluriverse series. A special thank you to Arturo Escobar, the author of Designs for the Pluriverse, for opening the space for conversations about pluriversality in design. Many thanks as well to all of our interviewees, our Design Thinking student team, Ruby, Lupe, Delaney, Tran, and Wissal, the students of the Fall 2019 SICE C3010 class, Levante, Lucas, our editor, and the rest of the team at the Taylor Center at Tulane. If you have any suggestions for our program, please email your comments, suggestions, and questions to taylor at tulane.edu. And also you can visit our website at taylor.tulane.edu.